This is Free Talk Live. We'll give you the toll-free call-in line here in just a moment where, yes, you heard that right. You can call in, bring up what is on your mind, and we're actually going to start in Venezuela because, well, at least me, I'm infatuated with what's going on down in Venezuela. What's going on in Venezuela, Daryl? Well, they've got this sort of hyperinflation sort of thing going on, but it's not officially hyperinflation. Like inflation money-wise, like their banking system? Monetary inflation, yes. But it's not officially hyperinflation because they stopped tabulating the inflation rate and under international... uh, rules and whatnot inflation has to hit a certain percentage before it's officially hyperinflation mm-hmm. so if you just don't calculate inflation anymore then you can't be in hyperinflation oh by the way we forgot to tell everyone who's in studio yeah we did it's daryl <laughs> and heather and cody and cody is sitting in with us chris running a little bit late he's at a town meeting because he's a select man he is and people selected him Yes. And I just happened to be walking down the stairs to make tea. Cody Don't happened to be walking this. down the stairs. And Cody I said, and I are both drinking tea, so we have a lot in common. Well, said, hey, Cheers. Cody, you want to sit in for a bit? And yeah. he said, sure. What are we talking about? I said, Venezuela. He said, I know nothing about Venezuela. So I'm trying to catch Cody and Heather up. Okay. Uh, this is a topic. So that- they stopped tabulating their monetary inflation. A good while ago, yes. Okay. And this this is something that uh, I've covered with Ian mm-hmm. numerous times uh, to where there's just this you know slow motion train wreck sort of thing going of their economy collapsing. And I've actually bought some Bolivar Fuerte on Oh, is eBay. that what you gave me? That That's like little Monopoly money looking stuff? The Monopoly money looking stuff is the official currency in Venezuela. The oh. official exchange rate is 10 Bolivar Fuerte to 1 US dollar. The actual exchange rate, the black market exchange rate is somewhere around 3,500 Bolivar to 1 US dollar. So that shows now, you the huge I have a question. disconnect between the actual exchange rate and what the government sets. So I have a question. So in terms of like monetary systems, right? Like obviously governments, they don't want you using other monetary systems other than the ones that they impose. Yes. Is it possible to have like one monetary system that's like other than bartering that can't be corrupted or inflated or... Uh, you know what I'm saying? Cryptocurrency because, is a good alternative to But even that, like, is, is that, like, flaw-proof? Because technically, even, like... I don't think anything is flaw-proof. If people, like... the only, Well, I guess it would just be valuable resources would be the ones that aren't flaw-proof, right? Like, right. metals and things. But even there, you have stuff to where, you know, governments can wind up declaring something to be illegal and you go to jail <laughs> if you have it. Uh, there were several Bitcoin miners well, we in know. Venezuela yeah. that wound up getting arrested for mining Bitcoin, uh, even though electricity in Venezuela is very heavily subsidized by the Venezuelan government. And I'm not talking about the same way there's sort of the subsidies here. When I say it's subsidized, your utility bill in Venezuela is subsidized by 
the central government to where instead mm-hmm. of you paying the actual market rate, mm-hmm. the central government subsidizes and you pay pennies for your electricity. So they wound up getting arrested for like theft of service. Uh, we'll jump back into this, but first to the phones, 855-450-FREE. We've got Dave calling in from our very own New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead with your thoughts. Hey, boys and girls. I have some good news from the New Hampshire State House on uh, a Facebook group called The Unofficial State of New Hampshire. Matthew Carano has posted an update about uh, jury nullification. Yeah, the uh, bill that we talked about last night having passed through the State House now heads to the State Senate, and it would wind up uh, codifying into statute basically some jury nullification instructions that oh, really? the judge would read at the request of the defendant or the defendant's attorney. Oh, you know what jury okay. nullification now, is, you- right, Cody? I do, yes. Okay, yeah. good. Yes. There's something I can kind of be on the same page with. At the very <laughs> okay, least. just make sure. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. If, you, if you've already talked about that, I have an alternative piece of news that I could bring up. Yes, go ahead. Uh, this is bad news. There is, uh, you remember how you guys have done so many shows about the attempt to stop people from feeding the homeless, particularly in Florida. Yes. And I am sorry to report there is such an attempt now in New Hampshire. Oh, no. Uh, where? Wait, what? Manchester. Manchester city officials are trying to close off uh, the park downtown from uh, a, uh, a Christian ministry that is trying to feed the homeless there. Are you serious? Do you know what specific yeah. officials by name can we uh, associate blame yeah, to? Yeah, the chief of parks. The chief of parks is quoted here, Peter Capano, I think is how you say it. says, quote, this is in the union leader, he says, quote, there was some concern from area businesses who didn't feel like it was the best fit using park space to feed people, unquote. Well, now, then they can contribute some money and buy a facility. Well, they don't <laughs> want to do that either. They, they well, just then want they to, have no you right go to feed complain. homeless people somewhere where nobody can see it. Now, is right. there actually a proposal before the Manchester City Council? It's already been done. They just denied them a permit. The church was apparently getting a permit, or the ministry was apparently getting a permit of some kind. They just refused to renew it this year. It already been feeding them. They were feeding 300 people sometimes. Interesting. So oh, that's awful. The, says, the ministry says it's a First Amendment issue. And um, I think the, here's another quote from the minister or from the guy who's leading the ministry. He says, uh, quote, oh, no, this is a quote from the union leader. Quote, Sullivan said other religious organizations have been granted permits to use city parks, pointing to a Wiccan festival held last year, unquote. So this sounds like the kind of thing that if they feel like getting up in arms about something, the evangelicals definitely now have something to get angry at the government about. Yeah. And this is something that I'm glad you brought to our attention. I'll definitely try taking a look at the ordinances there in Manchester. And I might have to take some sack lunches and make a trip out to Manchester. Can we go feed the homeless and civil disobedience? Because I'd be down. Let me me make a request. If you're going to do it, don't just do it. 
make a big deal out of it beforehand, announce it to everyone, send a note to the parks minister or the parks uh, parks chief or whatever they call him. Do it textbook. Let's All do right. it. If I do it, I'll do it right. And yeah, we're gonna do it. Yep, we're gonna and make. We should it. probably feed them tacos. Ah, oh, that would be. Awesome. That's my vote anyways. <laughs> I like Cody's idea. <laughs> so I guess that means it would need to be on a Tuesday. Yes. Yep. Taco Tuesday in the park day. Civil disobedience thanks. taco Tuesday. Thanks for the call on that. And yeah, definitely keep us updated on that attempt there in Manchester to uh, basically prohibit people from feeding the homeless in city parks. Dave, thanks for the call. Again, 855-450 free. So back to Venezuela. In addition to, you know, all of the stuff going on with their economy, they're a socialist country and Nicolas Maduro, the president, doesn't like when people say anything that he doesn't agree with. And the Venezuelan Supreme Court today actually wound up upholding the 14-year prison sentence for opposition leader Leopoldo Lopez one day after U.S. President Donald Trump called for his release. We'll get into this story, plus your calls and thoughts, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Plus, what has Ashton Kutcher been up to? We'll tell you here on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We'll get back into your calls here in just a moment. But have you ever started to want, have you ever wanted to start your own blog or website, but you've not necessarily been able to put your idea into action? Well, you're in luck. HostGator, one of the top hosting companies out there, is offering a special deal to Free Talk Live listeners. Go to hostgator.com slash FTL and you can get up to 50% off their regular prices. Hosting your own website or blog can be intimidating, but HostGator makes it easy. HostGator offers a simple one-click, easy installation for WordPress, and they have 24-7 over-the-phone or live chat tech support, and a very intuitive and user-friendly control panel that puts the power of creation and the simplicity of use into the hands of you, the customer. HostGator has a 99.99% uptime rating, and that's not HostGator making the claim. That's companies that actually you know, check on this stuff. They're making that claim for HostGator. Again, 99.99% uptime rating. So you don't have to worry about outages to your site. To get the special offer of up to 50% off for Free Talk Live listeners, go to HostGator.com slash F-T-L. In studio, it's Daryl. Cody. And Heather. And let's go back to the phones. We've got Clayton calling in from Oklahoma City. Clayton, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead with your thoughts. Hey, guys. I wanted to talk really quickly um, about some friends of mine that live down in uh, Tijuana, Mexico. 
Um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to the San Diego, Tijuana area. Have any of you guys been there? Uh, I've been to Mm -hmm. San Diego countless times, been to Tijuana once or twice, but it's been nearly 20 years. Yeah, I think I was in San Diego on tour with Adam. We went all through California. Yeah, so uh, so Daryl, you 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 know then if you've been to Tijuana, the the two cities are really close. I mean, they're basically one big metro area, it's yes. less than twenty miles from downtown San Diego to to Tijuana. Yes. Uh, so so I was talking to some friends of mine that that live down there that are uh, that are Mexican citizens, and uh, you know, I kind of asked them, what's the whole feeling that you guys have down there uh, with, with Trump in office, and. You know, they're really, really nervous, uh, and they're nervous for a couple of reasons. Uh, they're nervous, one, because they have to have a visa to enter the United States. And so they're concerned that when those visas come up for renewal, it's going to be difficult uh, to to have their visas renewed. That's important because folks in TJ have to go into San Diego on a regular basis just as part of part of life, right? I mean, it, it's like how frequently you would have to go to the next town over. Right, and uh, there are some people that you know do various professional businesses. Uh, I know, for example, there's at least one dentist in San Diego that has an office in Tijuana, and he'll have you know regular office hours in Mexico. So this guy, on regular occasions, travels back and forth, and there are some of the American uh, patients that he has that will travel into Tijuana because he can offer lower prices in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Me- medical tourism is, is huge there, obviously. Hmm. Um, so so they're, they're worried about that. Um, the other thing they're worried about is crossing into the U.S. Uh, if, you've, if you've ever waited in uh, La Línea, the, the line into the U.S., it's long. I've been in the pedestrian line waiting up to four hours uh, on, a, on a Saturday morning before it's it's insane, and the the auto lane is you know huge in peak times two to four hours that you're just waiting to pass through border patrol, and so they're they're really concerned that uh, you know if, if we have more extreme vetting of everyone crossing the border, that that's going to mean longer wait times at the border, more difficulty coming into the U.S. Right, and that border crossing in San Diego, if I remember correctly, is already like the busiest border crossing coming into the United States? Yeah, it's actually the busiest border crossing in the world. Yeah, that's I mean, Do you think like border ridiculous. patrol is kind of like as efficient as like the TSA? I mean... Uh, you know, my, my experience with the border patrol is they... It, it actually moves a lot quicker than the than the TSA. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't have to take off shoes and belts and and you know empty my pockets and get a pat down or anything like that. Because they're not really looking for drugs. As well, I mean, they are, but like more or less people, right? Well, and right. they're they're looking for quote unquote suspicious behavior. So the last time I had to deal with border patrol, I was coming off of a cruise. Where I had gone on the cruise, you know, by myself, there were hundreds of other people on the boat, obviously, but, you know, like, I didn't go with somebody, I I didn't have Mm -hmm. a roommate, and apparently Border Patrol thought that that was suspicious. They also also thought it was suspicious that I did not buy any souvenirs. Uh, They said, did you buy anything? Because you didn't write anything on the declaration form. I said, I bought some alcohol on the boat that I drank on the boat, 
Were you by yourself? There were hundreds of people on the boat, but like I didn't have a roommate. Stay right here. And he took my passport and went into some little side room for like 10 minutes. So I don't know what sort of notes he put on my passport. Mm-hmm. And I've not tried traveling outside of the country since. Not because I'm scared of whatever notes. I've just not had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually have to renew my passport coming up here in the next couple of months. So it's going to be interesting to see if they you know, deny my yeah. Uh, application for my whole thing is if people are coming into the country right and they have somewhere that they can go where they're welcomed what's the big deal well you gotta jump through hoops and hurdles you know what just I mean? because <laughs> like i know that in the libertarian realm of things there's like a huge debate over open and closed borders but my whole thing is if they have a place to go and somebody wants to take them in what is the issue it's not like they're like, you know, coming over the border and then kicking in your door saying, I want to sleep in the spare bedroom. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're obviously the, going the, somewhere where they're being welcomed. So should they not the, the, be allowed? The, fo- the, the folks from the folks from uh, TJ, they're going over. They're not go- they're not coming. I mean, these are people that are just a part of their daily lives coming over. Right. So right. it's not even that they need a place to be welcome to stay overnight. They they just need to go to like Best Buy and get some tele, get a television because it's cheaper in the U.S. Or they need to go to the outlet mall and buy some jeans or something like that. Oh, right? Or they're going to hang out with. Their I never cousins. even thought about that right. about like them coming over here to buy stuff because it's cheaper here. Because that's yeah, like but, so by closing off borders, people like that, it's like closing off like potential right money and, that America could do business. Yeah, you know, the, the way I view because. We live 20 miles from Vermont and Massachusetts. There yeah. are people from both of those states that will come to Keene, New Hampshire, where we live. I did my Christmas shopping every year when I because, lived in Massachusetts. I'd come up here. <laughs> New Hampshire doesn't have sales tax. So could you imagine if there was some kind of you know, border If New wall, Hampshire closed the borders to like people from Massachusetts, yeah. how much money they'd lose? What, what's your business here? I'm going to shop. Yeah, very likely. That's what <laughs> all the drug dealers say. Yeah. Clayton, thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Your calls and thoughts welcome. Whatever is on your mind. Plus more from Venezuela and whatever Ashton Kutcher is up to, (laughs) I guarantee you it's worth the wait. The Libertarian Party of New Hampshire is having its 2017 annual convention March 18th from 2 to 9 p.m. at the Holiday Inn in Concord, New Hampshire. The banquet dinner will feature speakers Matt Phillips, president of the Free State Project, and keynote speaker Carla Howell, political director for the National Libertarian Party. Tickets for the convention and banquet are less than $60 and must be purchased before March 1st. Go to lpnh.org convention for more information or to buy tickets. That's lpnh.org convention. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE, that's 855-450-3733. Was hoping to get back into the Venezuela story, but we've got a caller on Skype. We've got Tatiana Moroz calling in from Skype. Tatiana, welcome to Free Talk Live. 
Howdy, everybody. Hi. How was your uh, performance in Washington? It was good. It was not as scary as I had anticipated. It was actually quite lovely, to be honest. I was very surprised. Well, I'm glad they had somebody there sending such a positive message. You know, I'll take, I, do, I mean, we're just getting into the most contentious thing I've done this year, but I feel like um, people there were really supportive. They were not weird. They didn't say any crazy stuff. They seem like libertarian-y kind of people. I, I didn't really see a problem or anything. Nobody so misbehaved. What, what, it was perfor- cool. what performance in D.C. are we talking about here? I played at the Deplorable. Okay. <laughs> Yes, a lot of people were like, oh, no, you're supporting Nazis and stuff. But I didn't see it that way. And I felt like even if they were Nazis, don't Nazis need the liberty message more than anybody, which they weren't. I mean, it was just silly. True so that. Was, so is the tr- yeah. is the deplorable like an on tour type of thing? I thought that was a one time event. It was a one time event. OK, correct. Yeah, no, it was some people that just wanted to celebrate. But seriously, guys, like I was I was glad that I went because I think that my mind was opened and uh, and I think it was totally cool. I was really, really grateful for the opportunity. I met a lot of nice people. No psychos. Everything was cool. Well, good thing that there were no psychos there. Uh, and for listeners that might not recognize the name or the voice, <laughs> Tatiana Moroz is a musician, uh, one of, I believe, two like full-time libertarian musicians. Is that yep, me and Jordan? Yep. <laughs> Thought, thought it was just two. I wasn't sure if there might have been somebody else. I, I know that the uh, bumper music for Free Talk Live comes from Rebel Inc. I don't know necessarily you know, like how full-time they mm-hmm. are, uh, but I do know that Tatiana and Jordan Page, they travel the country playing you know, all kinds of events, good liberty messages in their music, and... This is something that if you were signed with, you know, some major record label, you could not sing about the Silk Road. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. And and that's really what I think has been so frustrating my entire adult life with the music industry is the the same kind of, you know, I love that 60s and 70s songwriter thing. And I love the reach that pop music has in terms of getting like an idea out to millions. But you know, we haven't really been taking advantage of that technology. And it seems like the music industry has just made this homogeneous thought process. Um, uh, somebody called it cultural Marxism. And I think that's pretty, pretty um, accurate. So now I, I um, will say that pushing back against it, I, I, I think over the last couple of years, you know, certain outlets like uh, YouTube and Patreon have allowed some independent artists to mm-hmm. you know, wind up getting some fame. Uh, Lindsey Sterling is probably the best example oh, she's of good. You know, somebody that was making a very unique, somewhat uh, very niche form of music. There's, you know, I don't think anybody else that is a dubstep violinist ballerina. So, you know, she's got this thing on lock basically but she's become just like this huge star because of it i don't know if i'm gonna get some flack for this but michael jackson's always been one of my favorites <laughs> he got famous long uh, before i YouTube feel like and his Patreon. music though like but like he was kind of like he set himself apart from the rest of the industry in terms of like his music did send powerful messages and i think that's why he was so popular because he resonated with people all over the world you know, 
Oh my God, you're speaking my language. I couldn't agree more. I think that Michael Jackson had an incredible power. I was devastated when he passed away. Me I thought it was too. terrible. And I think he had the best halftime Super Bowl show of all, like forever. Remarkable. I mean, when uh, did he do totally. the Super Bowl halftime? I can't remember what year it was, but it was like he did that We Are the World song and they had everybody in the bleachers like holding up little cards that ended up making little stick figures holding hands of all different colors around the stadium. It was so cute. <laughs> yeah. Did you tear I mean, up a little bit? Be quiet. <laughs> I'm no, like, he somebody when, not. He, he I meant know. when it happened, not right now. I, I can see the little tear in your eye right now, though. <laughs> no, I don't think I was alive when he actually did that, but <laughs> it was oh, okay. long. Oh, was I mean, I, I was probably a little, little top, but um, no, it's powerful stuff, though, you know, and you got to give people like that credit that, you know, to try to change the world for the better. Yep, and Tatiana is definitely trying to change the world for the better. And mm-hmm. I really have to, you know, give you props, Tatiana, for creating your own form of crowdfunding, basically. Uh, yes, yes. Tatiana Coin um, is the first artist cryptocurrency for people who haven't heard of it, and one of the main features of it is allowing me to basically create my own money that serves as a digital gift certificate for my fans to get that they can spend in my store later. So like with regular crowdfunding, you only get fixed prize and you can get fixed prizes here. Uh, you can all have Tiana coin, which is a, a digital currency that's transferable and you could sell it off to somebody if you don't need it anymore, or you could just use it in the store whenever you want for whatever prizes you want that is like really innovative i've never heard anything (laughs) anything like that yeah (laughs) and you actually uh funded the uh not your first album your second album with tatiana coin uh no before i got into liberty movement there i had uh tatiana my debut record then i did love and liberty in 2012 during the ron paul revolution and then in this year on March 31st, I'll be releasing Keep the Faith. And that's what I funded with uh, with Tatiana Coin. Oh, and, okay. And so the, the third Coins. album is the one being funded with Tatiana Coin. And you're doing another crowd sale now? Exactly. We're doing a crowd sale and also a regular sale. So you know, people get confused with crypto. They don't have to mess around with it. But what's neat is that you can actually buy it with us dollars and the way i think of it is that you know artist coins can onboard people into cryptocurrency without even having to tell them that they're dealing with cryptocurrency for example if taylor swift made a taylor swift coin tomorrow you know bitcoin would go up because everybody would be onboarded into a wallet without necessarily even needing to know about bitcoin do you know what i mean Right, and hmm. I'm guessing that if Taylor Swift made a Taylor Swift Sneak coin, attack. she would probably wind up setting the price at thirteen dollars because thirteen is her lucky number. <laughs> Why do you oh, know this? I didn't know that. Wow, Daryl's a T Swift fan. <laughs> I, I, I will neither confirm nor deny being a Taylor Swift fan and being on her email well, list. Her I don't know about you, but Daryl's feeling twenty two. <laughs> oh my god. <gosh. laughs> I like 1984. I thought it was very good. Um, and I like that Ryan Adams uh, did a whole remake of the whole record himself. I don't know if you guys heard that or if you guys like Ryan Adams, but um, he did a remake of 1984 as well, which is bizarre because it's a whole entire album that's just a cover. I am not 
sure I've ever heard the name Ryan Adams. I've heard of Brian Adams. Oh, no, no, no. Forget Brian Adams. If if people like Ryan Adams, like I think he's amazing. He did this one song. Um, I forgot what it is. Wonderwall. That's it. He does a slow version of Wonderwall. Ridiculous. It's oh, really I love different. that song. So wait, have you ever, have you met any yeah. other artists, like maybe like bigger, more mainstream artists that like throughout your journey that you found, you know, they might maybe conform to mainstream music, but kind of like in align with you in terms of like spreading the message of liberty? I don't think so, unfortunately. I mean, I would love to. But um, not in my experience, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, that doesn't really seem to be something people are focusing on, unfortunately, which I think is, you know, they should be. Tatiana, not sure if you had more, but if so, please hold the line. We'll be back. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever is on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. In studio, it's Daryl. Cody. And Heather. And how would you like to save 5, 10, 15, 20% or more on things that you're going to buy anyway? I just had something come in the mail about two days ago that I saved 23% on how did I do that? Well, I saved at Purse. Go to saveatpurse.com. And what you do is you put things in an Amazon wish list. You then import the wish list into your account there at saveatpurse.com. And then you get to select your discount. You can go below 5% if you want to, but there's no reason to do that because you can save 5% instantly at Save at Purse. You can go up to 33% savings. And the catch is, or at least some people would say the catch is, you fund the account with Bitcoin. I look at it as I get to use Bitcoin and save money on things. Somebody then sees, oh, I can buy X amount of Bitcoin and Daryl gets this product. Okay. And then they buy Bitcoin at a markup. I wind up saving. They get Bitcoin. It's a win-win for everybody. Save at purse dot Back to, not the phones, back to Skype, where we're joined by Tatiana Moroz, who knows a thing or two about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, partly because she has her own cryptocurrency, Tatiana Coin, that is somehow built on top of Bitcoin. And don't you also host a podcast about Bitcoin? I do, but I try and think of it as not just a Bitcoin podcast. There are other topics that we cover. Um, and I'm going to have a lot more music people in the upcoming weeks. So, yeah, but but I, I, I uh, broadcast on four different networks, this being one of them. This, I, uh, I like the music By, by this, you mean LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network. Yep. I, I, th- I think the music idea is great. I mean... You you don't see a lot of libertarian podcasts really delving into the cultural aspect of you know well what you know what liberty means in a in a human way right in, in ways that only music and art can really 
describe, um, you know, kind of bigger and more outside of just the politics, the uh, the feels. Right. Well, not anyway. everybody wants to get involved in politics sometimes because it's like too boring, I guess, to some people. But music is kind of a way to like plant those seeds without actually like. That they say that music is the universal language. Yeah, I'll agree to that. Yeah, I would say so. I, I just gave a talk to some regular people, not even libertarians, not Bitcoiners, <laughs> just regular people. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I opened up, I opened up the, the speech with a song that I had played in Spanish. And when I first heard the song, and pretty much every time that I've heard it since, it's Mercedes Salsa, uh, Gracias a la Vida, I start crying. But I don't even speak Spanish. Can, can you translate <laughs> so that what it. that means into English? I think it means thank you for life. But like I said, I, I haven't even really looked into what the lyrics mean, but I just feel it. So I, I agree. It's the universal language. You don't need to even speak mm-hmm. the same one in order to get the, the emotion. Right on. Yeah. And where can people find out more about uh, the Tatiana coin? Uh, they can go to TatianaCoin.com. TatianaCoin.com. And there's the crowd sale going on now. How long is this lasting? Uh, it's until March 11th, but I would encourage people to buy early because, uh, you know, optically I'm using this sort of as a way to get other artists to learn about cryptocurrency and also how they can take advantage of this kind of system. Um, I think a lot of artists are stifled creatively and they have a hard time, you know, connecting with their fans in a long term way. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying yeah, this, to foster communities. Yeah. And this also kind of gives an opportunity like for people to be their own grassroots fame i guess it's it's not like american idol where you got to compete against all these other people and like so many good people you like if you don't win the title you don't get the opportunity this is like if people like you you get the opportunity because you're self-promoting yeah totally yeah it's like a grassroots way to do it well with social media the problem is is that when i you know when i was starting out i was all excited oh social media free way to reach my fans but the the platform owns that relationship you know what I mean? And they can set the rules. Like what we're seeing right now on Facebook is they basically send you things to make you depressed. They block you from your friends and then they charge you money to reach the people who have liked your page. Uh, in addition, like 400 other terrible things that they do. But with this, if you have an artist coin, you're connected directly without a middleman. So even though we created a platform where you could use this stuff, right? Like if there's another platform that comes along and does it better, you can take your coin holders and, and go somewhere else. It, it's not like we would own the relationship. And that was the key thing. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, because I'd have to keep rebuilding audiences every time I went from one platform to another. You know, I'd be starting from scratch. Right. Um, and it's it's not just the platforms that wind up uh, to take a term that you used just a moment ago, stifling the uh, rise of artists. But I, I think that you know the way the industry is set up they kind of stifle things that can't be mass marketed am i right on yeah, that absolutely yeah no i mean why they have no incentive to promote freedom music they don't want people singing about peace i mean have you seen what's coming out of hollywood it's not exactly independent media it's like a whole bunch of propaganda so why wouldn't it follow suit that that would extend to Music. The, know, the last thing I saw that came out of Hollywood was Snowden, and prior to that was, that was whatever good. the final yeah. mocking J. Uh, I do Hunger see Games social movie. media though has like changed over the years because there's some people that like you know I remember just back in 2014 like that I followed pretty closely because I liked what they would post, and it just seemed like gradually over time like those same people, despite that 
I always commented on their posts. You'd think that they'd still appear in my feed. They slowly started fizzling out. And now it's like I have to literally like force myself to go to their page to read what they post. Right. And a lot of people, especially on Facebook, are making use of groups and lists a lot more than they were several years ago. And Zuckerberg ain't happy about that. Because when you're posting stuff in private groups, they can't necessarily get that info to all of the advertisers. Whereas if you're posting it on your wall, then they can. Yeah, it's a money thing. And I know Mm. from personal experience, I started using groups because my Facebook page, it would go from, it used to be if you had 400 likes, you'd post something and everybody would see it. Right. Now it'll show you the post reach well, you posted something, about three people saw it, but yeah. if you spend $5, well, then, you know, maybe you'll get it, you'll knock it up to like 20, 30, 50 or whatever. Right. And I'm just like, screw it. I'll start a group. The people that want to see my stuff, they'll click on it and I'm not going to rely on Facebook to maybe give me the privilege of having my content actually being shared on people's timelines. Yeah. Tatiana, mm-hmm. thanks for calling in. Any final thoughts here? Uh, no, not really. If people want to see the album, the album cover was uh, a picture that Ross gave me for my birthday of myself. And Ross being it. Ross Ulbricht, uh, creator yeah, so of the Silk neat. Road. Uh, we've talked about him at length here previously yeah. on Free Talk Live. So sure. So if people go to TatianaCoin.com, they can see all of it. And hopefully, you know, if they know any artists that might benefit from something like this, I'm happy to talk to them and, and kind of walk them through it because we definitely want to make this for not just me. <laughs> so other people <laughs> could do it, too. Tatiana, thank you for calling in, and good luck on that crowd sell. Let's go to the phones. We've got Robert calling in from Philadelphia. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead with your thoughts. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Good. Uh, how are you? This, uh, this is touching on uh, your last Saturday's episode when you guys were discussing the difference between uh, liberals and conservatives. Okay. Um, so when talking to a liberal, you have to be politically correct. But when talking to a conservative, you have to be patriotically correct. Ooh, yes. That is probably uh, a definition that I don't think I've ever actually heard anybody say before, but it hits the proverbial nail on the head. Yeah. I mean, it's funny how conservatives forget while they're making fun of liberals and how triggered they get over, you know, social issues. But if you don't stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance or the National Anthem at a hockey game or something, you might get some glares. You might get some people really upset. I actually had somebody tell me when I was at the State House last week, you should really be standing during the pledge. No, no, I shouldn't. I, I don't pledge allegiance to things that don't you know, give some kind of reciprocal uh, I'm a slave protection. to a piece of cloth. This is my stupid brain dead life. Amen. No, I'm not. I'm but not like, what's ironic that. too is that both both like the liberals and the conservatives feel like they're such people of of principles, yet they both want to oppress the other. The, so the principle <laughs> is we're not them. That's their principle. Yep. Robert, thank you for the call. Excellent definition on the difference between conservatives and liberals. Hour two coming up next. Your calls and thoughts welcome. 855 450 free. And we'll head back to Venezuela. Hopefully, maybe. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for 
some real estate. Well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Kicking off our number two in studio, it's Daryl, Chris, and Heather. We had a, uh, a, a chair three tag during the news. Cody has been relieved of his duties. Regular Thursday night co-host Chris has arrived and hopefully we'll actually be able to get into this Venezuela story that we tried to get into at the beginning of the show, uh, bringing everybody up to speed. Venezuela has been a slow motion train wreck over the last several years of an economic collapse where they've had something that probably is hyperinflation but since they are not keeping an official uh tabulation of their inflation rate nobody knows for sure but the socialist president nicolas maduro does not like anybody speaking out against him and well he had one of the opposition leaders leopoldo lopez arrested sentenced to 14 years in prison And earlier today, the Venezuelan Supreme Court upheld that sentence. The story comes from Yahoo News citing the French news outlet AFP, which is uh, basically French-associated press is what that translates to. The founder of Popular Will, one of the most hardline of the parties opposing Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro, Lopez was sentenced on charges of inciting unrest at anti-government protest that left 43 people dead in 2014. Anti-government protests. Yes. Dear. God Uh, forbid. (laughs) Defense lawyer Juan Carlos Gutierrez told AFP, the appeal was declared inadmissible. It is a reality and an act of absolute injustice adding that the case is closed in Venezuela and can be appealed only to international bodies. The ruling on the appeal, filed in July of last year, came a day after Trump (laughs) received Lopez's wife Lillian Tintori at the White House. Now, now I have a question. Now, were these anti-government protests people that were protesting the particular regime in charge at the time or were they like venezuelan anarchists that were just against the idea of government Uh, i don't think they're anarchists and it's been a socialist government in venezuela for a really long time oh oh well over a decade uh Uh, god when probably two or three decades at this point yeah i was trying to remember when uh because prior to maduro it was hugo chavez Chavez, and i'm trying to remember when he came what country like as of right now like has like the smallest government uh liberland because (laughs) their government is basically uh vit uh jedlika 
That's it. Wait, what the heck is Liberland? Uh, I'm glad you asked. Liberland is an attempt to uh, create a country out of some land that is not claimed by either Serbia or Croatia. However, the Croatian government has arrested everyone that's tried to enter the piece of (laughs) land that Croatia does not claim to own. So it's got unchallenged, it? and the idea would be that if you could get a but like number got a of serious liberty, question, though, it, it, it would like, be in the grand scheme of to, countries, like where's the smallest government where people yeah. have the most freedom? See, well, I, hold on, those are two completely different questions, right? Uh, the country with the most freedom, according to the Fraser Institute, in conjunction with the Cato Institute and a German institute that I cannot remember the name of they consistently rank new zealand as one of the freest countries in the world and it depends on which study you're looking at i mean they're they're all they all seem to look at a different aspect of what we would consider liberty or right, freedom well, the, i guess where, which country of, are the people the most loving and embracing of one another because essentially that's, that's, that's the country different. yeah now that's that's more subjective yeah, but usually when people are like that, then they don't. If it, like a country that has a population that is loving and accepting of one another is not going to tolerate a government that's oppressing the rest of them. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be equally as outraged when the government oppresses the liberals, just as if you're a conservative, just as if the liberals were outraged. You know, at the government oppressing the conservatives, like, like you have like, to be equally like as outraged. Or, or Sweden, yeah. or one of the Baltic countries, like, which um, have heavy socialism. Heavy socialism, and they also do rank as some of the happiest right countries in the world. So, just because people are happy and nice to one another doesn't mean that they're not okay with money being stolen because it goes to the things that I like. <laughs> But my contention would be that, going down with your point, mm-hmm. um, that if you were to provide a uh, a very small government, if any, uh, in an area with lots and lots of freedom, then I think people would be happier. Yeah, you That's, think like a lot of maybe the animosity towards one another is perpetuated by government, which makes people feel a stronger need for government. Oh, come on. Where in today's headlines would you ever get that idea? <laughs> and then uh, Iceland is also right. another country that ranks up there, you know, along uh, among places with the friendliest people. And it was, what, about two years ago when the Icelandic police killed someone for the first time in the history of really? Iceland? And the police had a day of mourning to remember the person that they had killed. Right. Very, very different. The police said, we are sorry that this happened, and they had an official day of mourning. After the 2008-2009 meltdown, Iceland was like the only country that also went after the bankers. Well, to some they, they also nationalized the banks, and that's the right, thing right, that right. the libertarians forget to point out when they're like, the Icelandic government arrested bankers. Come on, They also make- nationalized the banks, so no, let's not necessarily you know take any cues from Iceland yeah, here. But mine makes a better meme. It does. Uh, <laughs> we'll get back to this story about Venezuela, but first, to the phones, 855-450-FREE. We've got Rob calling in from Arizona. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead with your thoughts. Again, Chris, I call in just... This is not Rob. This is James. Okay. It's my middle name. It's my middle name. And why would I use that, Daryl? 
then I would ask that you anyway, refer to uh, me as Eugene. I, I don't call in, Chris, I don't call in to seek agreement but clarity. And all I ask is you first you tell the truth and then let me give me my opinion and then respond to what you have to say. In other well, words, have a conversation. You ask me you. to tell the truth, all I can do is offer you my opinion. And sometimes, when you if you ask me what 2 plus way, 2 is, I can give you truth. Here. Go ahead. I'll believe you, Chris, I believe you were contrite when you said that I said that Islam is an evil religion, something I don't, a sentiment I do not have, but you made, you gestured to a live audience when I couldn't respond. Yep. And it. last time uh, you called in, I said, Chris, if I took your I, words I, yeah, incorrectly, I then I did. But I can understand I know, I how someone would. Okay, go ahead. Now you have your chance. Yeah, I didn't get to speak to you at all after that. I, that's all I got to say on so-called Free Talk Live, Chris. And I, again, appeal to the, the dignity and deepest integrity of yourself. Do you have anything have new to say, or do you only want to repeat to things to that you've said previously? Okay, let's Chris, get to the question. Go I ahead. i say something. Chris, again, I'm saying this for a reason, because you had a—you and Heather— and Ian had a lot of very, very, very stupid things to say in response to my call. And I'd like to challenge Heather and you. I, oh, I words, love I'd a like challenge. What did I say? I'd like to respond to what you guys had what to did say, I say about me. For okay. instance, Chris, fascinatingly, you meant you thought of Will Coley when I was speaking of Islamic terrorism. I, I never have it in anywhere in my mind, anywhere, when I'm speaking about Islamic terrorism, about people like Will who I know isn't going to blow up anybody because he believes that certain Hadith passages command him to do so. Mm-hmm. I know he's a peaceful Muslim. Mm-hmm. Again, but Heather, uh, you and Chris agreed about there's Bible passages that say really terrible things. Yeah, they did. I went to Bible study two days a week for a and, while. I know. <laughs> yeah. And then you said something fascinating about, like, well, if we were born preachers preach certain passages in the Bible, maybe we do all these hateful things, too. Well, it's funny, Heather. I'm related to a devout Catholic that fought not one but two very violent conflicts. And I guarantee you, he and none of his comrades ever heard a Catholic priest preach terrible things about the enemy. Not at all. In fact, when the enemy finally did surrender, the enemy didn't have anything to worry about from Americans. Thank all. you because for America- the call. This is Free Talk Live, 855 free. Am I... This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. In studio, it's Daryl. Chris. And Heather. And I want to invite you to try my pillow. Now, not the one that I use. You can get your very own MyPillow risk-free for 60 days. My pillow is designed to fit to the shape of your body and hold your neck in the proper position. I've been using this thing for close to a year. Chris, you've had one for several years. years. Three years, maybe. And it's definitely the best pillow that I've ever had. And unlike a regular pillow, you can actually throw your MyPillow in the washing machine, put it in the dryer, and this thing is still going to be usable. It's not just going to turn into kindling to start a fire go to mypillow.com use code ftl to get your very own my pillow at half price or you can get a second pillow free of charge and remember 
If you don't like it in the first 60 days, you get your money back, minus the shipping, and the pillow itself is guaranteed to last 10 years. That's MyPillow.com, code FTL, as in free talk live. Let's go back to the phones, 855-450-FREE. We've got Sarah calling in from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on free talk live. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yes, I wanted to uh, comment about the the Red Flex uh, lawsuit and that settlement that you were talking about yesterday that they removed the red light cameras and they won $1.6 million. But my question is, uh, Daryl, you know, you're so excited about it and you're so elated that they took them all down. Uh, so so is, what, what what you're talking about here is the story that we mentioned towards the end of the show last night, where the village of New Miami, Ohio, wound up losing a court case. And the judge said that the city, or actually the village, has to refund the entire amount of money that they stole from drivers wow. that got these tickets from the red light cameras. And yes, I am very excited about the fact that these, uh, you know, basically robots that wind up uh, claiming you owe us money. And there's no way if you go to court, there is no way for you to call a witness to testify against you. Well, one of the tenets of the American criminal justice system is the right to face your accuser. When your accuser is a robot. An inanimate object. An inanimate object. How do you face your accuser? Yes, I'm excited about this, Sarah. I'm sorry, Sarah. Go ahead. Yeah, okay, okay, that's fine. But I want to ask you, did you know that our auto fatality rate went up by 8%? More people have been killed uh, after... All of the red light cameras have been removed. If you look at the numbers... Uh, I I would love to actually see your source on that, because what I've seen is that when red light cameras wind up getting put in place, and these cameras in Ohio were not red light cameras, they were just speed cameras, but in either case, when red light cameras do go up you wind up having more rear-end accidents in intersections because people slam on their brakes yep. so that they're not you know, going through that intersection and a car behind doesn't get their brakes quite in time. So the number of accidents actually go up when most, red light cameras get put in place. Yep, most common type of accident, too, rear-end. Yes. Yep. Well, so, Sarah, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about rear end collisions. The number of that I'm talking about people that are dead, and completely dead in automobile accidents. Those numbers have gotten up by eight percent ever since we all of the you research. It was announced on NPR that our auto fatality people died in auto related accidents have been going up ever since we got rid of them. Now, you're going to lie about it, but if you look up the statistics, it has been because people are running red lights. I, I'm and not lying about it. I'm asking you to cite a source on your claim because right. I've seen studies that show the opposite. So you say NPR had a story on but this? NPR News has announced, you know, a couple of times that our fatality rate has been going up last year by 8%, and it has gotten, got, gotten back up uh by uh, 7% last year. And, and how many... Uh, it was announced. Okay, so how many red light cameras have been removed in the amount, in the same time frame? Well, it was, it was 
You know, Ian mentioned that um, all across the country, like half of them has been removed. So people are back to running red lights and speeding and T-boning and texting while driving. Right. They went back to their obnoxious behavior. Well, what I'm what I'm asking, Sarah, is is you you're correlating uh, an increase, an alleged increase in the number of uh, of accident fatalities with our joy at seeing red light cameras and speed cameras being removed. And what I'm trying to determine for myself, because I'm one of those guys that likes to know exactly what's going on, is this a direct correlation? Did one cause the other? Or are there a million other things that could have caused this? Are people driving older cars this year because they haven't been buying new cars and the new cars have more safety features or 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 was weather a factor in how many of them and and all these other things that can play into it so it, it's with well, any I story that's very, I, for me i could i'm a red light camera i'm a traffic law enforcer if you're break if everybody's breaking the law because they could get away with it they're not going to get a ticket and you get you get more people doing it and people are going to be dead like i said so One sarah killed- how do you respond to the uh test of sorts that have been done in certain european cities where not only don't they have red light cameras but they've removed all traffic signs completely there are no speed limits through these residential areas there are no you know flashing lights for stop for pedestrians and what they've found is that accidents of all kinds have gone down tremendously the number of pedestrians being struck by vehicles has gone down tremendously because there's no longer this false sense of security to where i know here we live in a college town here in Keene, new hampshire and if you're driving downtown because the law is yield to pedestrians people will just walk out in front of the car they don't look to see if anybody is coming they'll just walk in front of you because they know that the law is on their side so when you wind up removing that false sense of security People wind up being more cautious in how they drive. People wind up being more cautious in how they cross the street. Well, you know, I don't know about Europe, what their society is about. But in America, the removal of all these, um, you know, cameras have resulted in more people getting killed, like 300 people per people getting killed. Have they? That's my question. You're, You're stating one fact on one side, which is saying that traffic... Uh, accidents have gone up, fatalities of pedestrians or whatever it happens to be, and you're saying it is caused by, A is caused by B, and and that, that B is the removal of traffic cameras. And I'm just challenging you to to present some evidence on that. Call back in and... Well, I and you, look, I said, you always talk for me, look, we, we only killed 47, okay, um, like eight years ago. Now we're back to 74. We were number one in pedestrian fatality before any red light cameras. And when we went, we dropped to the number seven. Sarah, now you're comparing right apples one. and what oranges what here. What Thank you for the call. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. We just got our new Rye Guys t-shirts. I chose the Power Corrupts shirt and the I'm Already Against the Next War shirt. These quality shirts look good and feel good, and they feature clever, thought-provoking designs to promote freedom, peace, and healthy skepticism of modern mythologies. The Rye Guys donate a portion of proceeds to Antiwar.com and the Future of Freedom Foundation. Enter coupon code FTL at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's RyeGuys.com, W-R-Y, Guys.com, RyeGuys.com. It's a rye wit for today's shit. 
This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. In studio, it's Daryl. Chris. And Heather. And we had a caller in the last segment mention red light cameras and the claim by NPR that when red light cameras are removed, fatalities skyrocket. And, well, I found something from PBS, and I'll read just a portion here where they say that researchers compared trends in in annual crash rates in 14 cities that had ended their camera programs out of the 158 communities that had ended such programs in the previous five years. So they're looking at less than 10%. Of the municipalities here. So 14 cities that ended their programs of red light cameras compared that with 29 cities in the same region that continued to have red light cameras. They found that, quote, after adjusting for other factors, red light running crashes went up 30%. Now, again, they're only looking at 14% or 14 out of 158 communities that got rid of red light cameras so they could definitely be uh picking and choosing if you will they're definitely you know selecting their sample size here or that was the data they had available i'm not gonna accuse them of manipulating the data it could just be that i'm just saying that the sample size is incredibly small and I don't think you can call this a scientific study by any stretch of the imagination. I am now fully, I want to say it here, on national radio. I'm on Team Sarah. I'm with her. Wow. That was all the the proof I needed. It continues further. (laughs) All types of crashes at intersections with traffic signals went up 16%. That finding suggests that red light cameras deter other behavior by motorists, not just running red lights. The... And I, I think what they mean here is turning right on red. Sure. And yeah, it's going to deter you from doing that because people have gotten tickets for turning right on red in an intersection that has a red light camera. Sure. So it's going to prevent you from doing anything through that intersection if you want to guarantee that you're not getting a traffic ticket. Yep. Uh, a second part of the study compared fatal red light running crashes in 57 cities with camera programs to 33 cities that never had red light cameras. So Sarah's claim was that the fatalities go up when the cameras are removed. That's not what they studied. Right. They compared cities that have cameras with cities that never had cameras. Again, very small sample sizes here. They found that the rate of such crashes, that being fatal crashes, was 21% lower in cities with cameras. The rate of all types of crashes at intersections with traffic signals was 14% lower when cameras were present. But again, there are studies that show that in the couple of years after cameras are introduced, the number of rear-end accidents in those intersections skyrockets. Absolutely. So this is one of those things of statistics can show whatever you want them to show. Uh, well, what's the famous saying? There's lies, there's damn lies, and then st- there's statistics. I would like to point out that this is the most I have ever heard Daryl talk about red light cameras when Sarah was not actually calling in and we were talking about red light cameras that she brought up. This And, and 
I hate to say this. This makes me sound cruel, but sometimes it is. I don't care about traffic fatalities. What I care about are my rights. Right. And if I don't have the right to um, to challenge my accuser, as I do with an inanimate object, then even if this is the case, uh, I'll I'll take I'll take dangerous liberty over peaceful and safe slavery any day of the week. And have you, as an elected official, have you ever looked at any of the reports out of the European cities that got rid of all traffic signals and speed limits and all signs other than just saying, like, here's what street you're on? No, but I'd like to. I, I will say for my very small town that we will not mention in, in New Hampshire, uh, we we really have a minimum of traffic control devices. So, for example, there's this one intersection where one road's coming down a steep hill, the other road's coming up a steep hill. There's like a driveway that comes in from another direction, and then the road comes in. So that's like five different ways for right, traffic right. dinner, and there's one yield sign, <laughs> and it points to one road. But based I, I on that, think I know it, which intersection you're talking about. It's, it just makes sense, and it's not a dangerous intersection. Right. I, I can't remember an accident being there, but it's just it was like they looked at it and said, "Okay, what's the least numbers of pieces of metal we could use right here?" I, I've got an aunt and grandmother that live in Montana, and the little town that they used to live in did not have a four way stop sign. There were stop signs. On all four sides, but up under it said, if opposing traffic. Right. So you only had to stop if there were cars coming in another direction. I'll tell you, I I posted a story online, but uh, Pennsylvania did a good one, uh, passed a good law, but it's the, um, it's a right on red law. They they call it ride on red. Ride on red. That's what it was. And maybe you remember more details than I did. I did not read the details. It it was basically that if you got to a traffic light that seemed to not be functioning, like it cycled through more than once. So you're you're not Hmm. talking about something to where the power's out, so it flashes red. Not yeah well i think even like that but but well there's already laws on the books about that to where if it's flashing red you treat it like a stop sign if it's flashing yellow you treat it like a yield sign but this kind of leaves it up to the discretion yeah exactly (laughs) to the discretion of the uh, driver to say okay well this is malfunctioning so i'm going to use my best judgment i'm going to go look left i'm going to look right and I'm going to look left again, and then I'm going to proceed through. Yeah. So it, it's I, I sort will of neither a common confirm sense nor deny having ever done that anyway. Uh, absent a lot, but you know, at two o'clock in the morning, right? And you can see there's no cars. The only thing that I've ever been scared of is I wonder if there's a cop hiding in a parking lot with his <laughs> lights off. Exactly. Yeah, you're afraid of the cop and, and not the uh, imminent life-ending collision. Uh, that I know is not happening because I don't see any cars anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. But but again, you know, it's one of those things that if people exercise common sense and diligence when they're behind the wheel, then so what? You know, nobody. And I got think it's, it's I think it's also important to acknowledge when we don't exercise good caution. Okay, so I'll be the first to admit when I was younger and I first got my license, I drive like something I can't say on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> crazy person you you would drive like a crazy exactly person. and i think a lot of the people you know like it's really important to 
kind of like self-reflect, you know, like, I mean, as much as we hate speeding tickets and all these other things and government is, you know, like what it is, like it doesn't change the fact that sometimes we, we or other people get behind the wheel of the car and put other people in danger. And so, you know, we can't. I kind of look at it as Darwinism It's sort of it, it. It's if we thin the herd because people act like idiots, then that's just part of of evolution right but when you wind but up when you're putting taking out right somebody else at danger which you can with a car or you know, when you wind up putting what is it like 10 different warning labels on a ladder you're sort of preventing darwinism from happening right yeah right and then we end up in uh what was that movie again idiocracy idiocracy the the movie that the creator said we never intended it to be a documentary but it seems like it is <laughs> Now, there, there are certain things that are mentioned in there that aren't necessarily coming to fruition, or we won't know if they do for <laughs> several hundred years. Or, uh, or less. <laughs> right. But, you know, very good movie. It's definitely social commentary. And if you've never seen it, I highly recommend you go watch Idiocracy. Two thumbs up here. I, I, I would give it three Somebody thumbs up. Somebody mentioned that I movie to me thumb. the other day. Was it was it you or is it somebody else? Yeah. I don't know. Might have been me. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Will robots wind up being taxed in the near future? This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've been all over the place from updates of what's going on down in Venezuela to attempts in Manchester, New Hampshire to prevent people from feeding the homeless to border control in uh, San Diego, the difference between liberals and conservatives, red light cameras, etc. We'll get back to the calls here in just a second in studio. It's Daryl, Chris, and Tether. And Chris, pretty soon, will be telling us about some kind of robot tax. I, I'm not really sure, but it sounds really interesting. But first, we go to someone calling themselves Wiz Khalifa in California. (laughs) Wiz, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead with your thoughts. (laughs) Hey, guys. Um, So I used to, uh, before I was a famous rapper, I uh, used to have U.S. banks, and they would charge me overdraft fees when my account would go overdrawn. And, uh, you know, they have other fees, too. Well, um, now uh, I've discovered this bank that is simple. It's that simple.com, and it is a real online bank that you, you know, can use. That you, there is no overdraft fees, and there's no fees at all, and you have no minimum payment. Hold on. So no guys, overdraft fees, so you can, you know, like just run out of money and keep charging stuff, and they don't care, and you just don't pay so, fees? Exactly. Yeah, because it's a debit card that you would use at Walmart, and if your account doesn't have any money in it, the debit card won't work. Okay, so okay, really so they don't allow you. Anyway. Right, they but, don't allow yeah, you they to don't overdraw. Allow you to go overdrawn. But Got if, it. for whatever reason you did, say there was like an ACH 
transaction because sometimes those can get past that. And since they're a bank, they have to take it. And if you went overdrawn, they still wouldn't even charge you an overdraft fee. And I've been on the phone with their customer support and talked to them about it. And that's the case. There is, it's called a fee-less account is what they call it. And there is no fee for anything. Very <laughs> interesting. Very, yeah, and we, really we were cool actually account. talking about some of the uh, alternative financial services last night because there is a University of Pennsylvania professor that decided to get a job working at a check cashing service to do yes. some studies on why people used these various services. Well, Very high cost services. I know this sounds I know this sounds like an ad or something, but they they also have a thing where you can hook up your regular checking account at a local bank with them and move money back and forth between those accounts for free. Very just, interesting. Just like you would with PayPal. Very yeah, interesting. Wes, thank you for the call. I've noticed and, more banks doing that, too. Like, uh, I, I still have some accounts with Wells Fargo on the West Coast, and they're now doing free movement of money to and from their accounts. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you did mention, you know, the, the check cashing services. They can be costly, but what we discovered in the article was they're, you know, very good reasons that people would wind oh, yeah. up eating that cost. One of the examples was somebody that's a uh, subcontractor that they might not have five days for a check to clear because they might need to run down to Home Depot and pick up supplies sure, sure. or pay some of their employees cash and their you know legitimate reasons to pay your employees cash. And you might not have five days to wait for a check to clear, so it's worth it to pay that $100 to cash right. a $5,000 check. Yeah, I'm, I'm not attacking the industry at all. Um, right, there I, have I been just a wanted lot of, to clarify because you, know, no, it's you, a good you probably weren't listening last night. Chances are people listening right now weren't listening to that show last night either. Fair enough. But, but yeah, there are economic reasons that some of these things that we look at as just horrendous and horrible, There's there's reasons for that. Yes. And we we tend to just look at economic things emotionally instead of delving into why they actually are the way they are. Right. And there are the people that they uh, like to think of themselves as super rational. And, well, I do this this way. So anybody that does this a way that's contrary right. to me is acting in an irrational manner. Well, no, there, there are you know, legitimate reasons why or why not to do a lot of things. There are some banks that require you to have fairly high minimum balances, and if you dip below that, they start hitting you with like $5 a month service fees until you right. wind up getting back to that balance, and you know maybe you lost your job last week. Maybe you got a pay cut. Maybe you stopped being able to work overtime, and then you're getting that $5 ding from you constantly, right. and you're never going to get back up to that minimum balance. Time to change your plan. Now, mm-hmm. robots don't have a need for banks, but they might have to pay taxes. Uh, you know, you got to love the Europeans sometimes. You can take a good thing like uh, increased uh, productivity in a factory and just throw water on it until it rusts. That's but they didn't how you go... wind up short-circuiting the robots. Yeah, we didn't. they didn't go as far as that, but... Uh, This comes to us from Reuters, and the title of this article is European Parliament Calls for Robot Law Rejects Robot Tax. Frankfurt. 
European lawmakers called on Thursday for an EU-wide legislation to regulate the rise of robots, including an ethical framework for their development and deployment and the establishment of liability for the actions of robots, including self-driving cars. But they rejected a proposal to impose a so-called robot tax on owners to fund support for or retraining of workers put out of jobs by robots. So the the original concept was this. We're going to put all these regulations on robots, see? And then when we get all these fees and all these fines, then we're going to use that to train workers Hmm. in jobs that are relevant, like, oh, I don't know, repairing robots or building robots or whatever it happens to be. Okay, so fees and fines are... I, I, I'm sorry, but I thought those were basically other words for tax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how but they are they would saying, never use something like that. How are they saying that they rejected a robot tax when they're implementing taxes by another, uh, by another name? Because it, they're not calling it a tax, Daryl. That's all, ah, that, all so, the difference mm-hmm. government needs to make, right? So it's kind yeah. of like here in New Hampshire where the uh, tax that's added to the fuel, they don't call it a tax. They call it a road toll because yeah. I mean, people like, in New Hampshire hate taxes. Is, then, right? Well, I mean, I guess like like fees are kind of like built in, right? So Not like, it's kind of like a fee for service. So like if you... If they say you were unable to open a business in this town unless you pay us $5,000... They call it a fee, but it's basically a tax. Or the license well, I have if- to pay to serve food in my retail establishment. 200 <laughs> bucks a year. What's like the voluntary like way to do that then? Like I guess that would go out like property Underwriters rights, laboratory right? is a an, an excellent example of if you have, voluntary like, sort of thing. To where like if you had a private community of people that decided voluntarily to be a collective, you couldn't just go into their private community and start building a a business or something, right? And if they wanna if you wanted to, you'd have to if they wanted to charge you a fee to do so, you'd have to do that. If you, yeah, but you have the choice of whether you want to do it or not. When when government does it, and they'll call it fees, they'll call it fines, they'll call it licensing. Uh, you know, right, all these the, different the people things. that love the government see the government because it's it's written in the Declaration of Independence that governments exist with the consent of the governed. So if you don't consent to all of the taxation and theft and murder that we do here, oh. then just go somewhere else because it's voluntary, Chris. Well, that, that well, must be the difference is that the difference, though, well, I don't even know. I'm like, I feel like I'm on the verge of a thought here. <laughs> that's okay, <laughs> like, but that's that's the problem. Is is none I'm just of trying it's, to understand. Once you get it, past, it's not actually based on consent. It's based on coercion that they call consent. And as it, you know, there's not a lot that I know about uh, contract law, but any contract signed under duress is invalid. I mean, uh, there is no consent. I think I I always take it back a step further, and here's where things start to fall apart. Is we are. Uh, part of a representative government that we supposedly supposedly i'm just going to throw that out there and say okay we elect our representatives we elect people in our towns and they do all these things so by that that's supposed to mean that okay whatever insanity they come up with because 
we elected them, even though we may have voted against them, then we are subject to any and silliness because, they come up with. Well, they draw the district, so it's the representatives <laughs> choosing their voters, not the voters choosing their representatives. We're subject uh, Jerry, to Jerry, anything Jerry, that we don't resist to. <laughs> what it comes down to here here more on this plus the ashton kutcher story coming up here on free talk live hour three coming up next 855 450 free dvd books music instruments periodicals computers software electronics photo cell phone office products home and garden bed and bath furniture kitchen pet supplies automotive hardware apparel shoes jewelry grocery healthcare, sports and outdoors toys games used and more it's a department store at your fingertips shop.freetalklive.com get all your shopping done get a great deal and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit free talk live when you enter amazon via shop.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live, kicking off our number three in studio. It's Daryl, Chris, and Tether. And we're talking about robots <laughs> and the fact that in Europe they might not be taxed, but we don't know if they're going to get the right to vote because then that would give them representation without <laughs> taxation, which is a lot better than what we have right now. It does sound good. Uh, yeah, as we uh, talked about this, uh, European lawmakers were calling for a, a EU-wide vote uh, on how to regulate the rise of robots. And the, the big concern is, um, you know, what, what sort of rules will be in place for robots driving self-driving cars and and what happens with workers who may be put out of a job uh, by a robot. Now, which- I wonder if about 120 years ago... The legislators across Europe, I know there wasn't a European Union then, but there were still countries in Europe. Europe still existed. Yeah. I wonder if the lawmakers had meetings about how can we make sure that uh, self-propelled automobiles don't wind up replacing the horse and buggy drivers. Oh, yeah. We have to protect the horse and buggy driver. We have to protect the wagon wheel manufacturers. The, the buggy whip makers. We, we have to protect the people that uh, make horseshoes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just insanity. And and this is probably a little bit more dramatic, historically speaking, because robotics has made factories much more efficient with much fewer people. And that's, yes. that's and, a fact. You know, I, I'm hearing this, in, you know, like the little voice inside my head is, as you're reading this, I'm just hearing the candlemakers petition being read on the floor of Parliament. <laughs> Only For, this time, it's not satirical. They're being serious. And what Daryl's referring to is Frederick Bastiat's candlemakers petition, where he, uh, in a, a, a work of satire, asks that the government please outlaw anything that uh, could. No, no. Well, it, it was to require specifically the at the time there were debates over preventing foreign sources of work. Right. And Bastiat said, "I know of a foreign source of energy that is taking jobs. We need to require people to put shutters on their windows right. and keep Curtains them closed." And yes. 
because <laughs> we have to make sure that the candle makers retain their jobs because the sun is providing free foreign energy yes absolutely so oh, can i get some of that right now <laughs> i'm telling you but i would encourage everybody out there listening remember that frederick bastiat the candlelight candle makers petition it's a great little piece it's a brilliant short, work of yeah. satire but what i'm hearing is they're reading the candle makers petition and they're taking it seriously absolutely <laughs> So, uh, quote, uh, the EU needs to take the lead on setting these standards so as not to be forced to follow those set by third countries, the parliament said in a statement. The decision to reject the robot tax was hailed by the robotics industry, which said it would stunt innovation. No kidding. That's what taxes do. Exactly. Uh, quote, the IFR believes that the idea to introduce a robot tax would have had a very negative impact on competitiveness and employment, said the Frankfurt-based International Federation of Robotics, which sounds a little scary in itself. I never knew that there was an International Federation of Robotics, but I'm glad that there's that IC in there. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be the International Federation of Robots, yep, and that would basically mean we've got AI. We've lost. Uh, the <laughs> IFR and others argue that automation and the use of robots create new jobs by increasing productivity and point to a correlation between robot density and employment in advanced industrial nations. For example, in the German car industry, global shipments of industrial robots rose 15% in 2015, according to the latest uh, statistics from the IFR, and were worth a total of about $46 billion. Now, pause real quick. We actually, a couple Sundays ago, we've been going through uh, economics in one lesson. Right. As sort of a uh, free Henry. talk live book club. Mm-hmm. Henry Hazlitt. And a couple weeks ago, we were talking about productivity levels and what Hazlitt refers to as the fetish of full employment. Right. To where mm-hmm. you know, th- there are some people that say, we have to make sure that everybody has a job. And right. then we'll be at full productivity. What do you mean if we had robots work all the jobs, like then we could all just not work? It would be awesome. <laughs> right. So, but somebody would. You, you would have a lot higher productivity. We could rates. all do like right. our hobbies, you know, like painting or something. But just because you have full employment doesn't mean that you have full productivity. Correct. And there are mm-hmm. some countries, specifically in Europe, where they've tried this thing of full-time is now 30 hours a week or 35 hours a week so that there's more people that are listed as being employed full-time right but that doesn't mean that productivity levels are where they could be or where they should be or that people are leading better lives correct yeah so it's Mm. it's kind of screwy there but but you know socialism keeps getting tried in in all its various forms and all its different angles uh, yeah i'm starting to think that like 10 years from now like you're gonna see people advocating for like robot rights um once once <laughs> a- ai hits there. and i had another story on ai but i did i didn't bring it with me but the gist of it is is that uh did you see where google google's ai has get they've given it different problems to solve and they've noticed that sometimes it acts cooperatively with uh, its partner AI, but when it comes down to a choice of like I need this and they have it, it starts to use deception and cunning to get. So it to, sounds to like win. no way. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. so it sounds to me like the like, robots are playing the prisoner's dilemma. It is. Cr- they're playing. See, dirty. Now that that I want to see. 
But it's it's all these different situations where they they have a limited number of resources that okay. must be gathered, and both AIs attempt to you know my move your move sort of thing. Okay, but then they do exhibit these very treacherous traits. So is it like, like the deception? End of, oh yeah, is it like the yeah. end of war games to where they're playing tic tac toe and then they wind up saying but strange they- game? The only way to win is to not play the game. No, oh, so I don't think they've it, learned that lesson. How did it end up with those traits? Was it programmed into them, or did it come about naturally? I'm going to pull this story, and I'm going to put it in our uh, show prep folder, and you guys can can take a look at it. It's it's good. It's interesting stuff. <sighs> I hate to tease it, but I don't have it in front of me. And, I'm <laughs> and when, whenever Chris sends it over to me, I will post it on the Facebook and the Twitter. That way you can see it as well yeah I, I thought it was good and scary uh this continues uh, demand for service robots for medical domestic and personal use is also on the rise the service par- robots service easy there daryl the parliamentary resolution on the amended report was passed by 396 votes to 123 with 85 abstentions the report's author, MEP, I'm not sure what that stands Member for. of European Parliament. There we go. Thank you. Mady Delvaux uh, said she was disappointed that the lawmakers, quote, refused to take account of possible negative con- consequences on the job market, unquote. They rejected an open-minded and forward-looking debate and thus disregarded the concerns of our citizens, she said. Well, I'm fairly certain that a lot of the European citizens are concerned that the EU even exists, <laughs> but I don't think that... Uh, Madame Delvaux would really listen to their concerns. She would disregard them because that would put her out of a job. She knows best. So there's no need for anyone else to get involved as long as she knows best. Now, speaking of, you, you mentioned some of the Google AI. Have you seen any of the videos where people have programmed two Google Homes or a Google Home and an Amazon Echo <laughs> to wind up conversing with one another. I have. These videos are hilarious. And I, I saw one of these where somebody shared on Facebook a couple days ago, and it said, funny, this sounds like actual conversations I've heard on the subway. <laughs> And I started nice. listening, and these are just completely disjointed conversations, but they're you know responding to one another, and it does sound like some right. conversations that you actually hear humans having. Very interesting that mm. AI and pseudo AI, and I for one do not welcome our robot overlords. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. What has Ashton Kutcher been doing? Heather has the story. This is Free Talk Live. Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733 in studio. It's Daryl. Chris. And Heather. And Heather is going to tell us, and this is... The moment you've all been waiting for. Interesting. It, <laughs> you have been teasing this story I all know. Night Not long. quite the moment, because we will go to the phones here momentarily, but... Very interesting story about somebody that's actually, you know, like uh, putting their actions behind their words. Mm-hmm. 
to where a lot of time, you know, celebrities will talk about various things, but they don't necessarily... Yeah, they'll donate to something for a tax write-off, but they won't actively get involved. Right. So we'll talk about what Ashton Kutcher has been doing, and I'm fairly certain he's got a blog or a website. If not, well... He should probably do that, and if he listens to Free Talk Live, he could use our code at HostGator, which is HostGator.com slash FTL, and Ashton Kutcher and you could save up to 50% off their regular prices. Hosting your own website or blog can be intimidating, but HostGator makes it easy. HostGator offers a simple one-click, easy installation for WordPress they have 24-7 over-the-phone or live chat tech support and a very intuitive and user-friendly control panel that puts the power of creation and the simplicity of use into the hands of you, the consumer. HostGator has a 99.99% uptime rating, so you don't have to worry about outages to get the special offer of up to 50% off for Free Talk Live listeners. Visit HostGator.com FTL. Let's go to the phones very quickly. We've got Ralph calling in from New Jersey. Ralph, yeah. you're on Free Talk I, Live. Go I ahead would, with your thought. I would really like to talk about the state of being an animal, the animalistic ways of the black. Okay? The last time I called, I'm being called a racist, and I only point out about the situation happening in New Jersey vis-a-vis uh, the black animals. Okay? They are on the march. They are on the move. That I want to make clear to everyone. Now, in New York City, that's so incident that I want so, to point out. So, Ralph, let, let me let me point something out here. When you call black people animals, yes, you're going to be accused of being racist. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, chances are it's about, a duck. No, no. They're how the about, animals how, of how, all how, colors. How? How? Ralph. About, I, I understand. I understand that either. But you know, the fact of the matter is. They are the ones who keep dragging and draining our society. In the news conference that President Trump uh, did today, a black reporter, see, I can't bring myself to call these people. You know, the biggest thieves are, right? So They're big. white men that and black so men big. and all kinds Hold of men on, you're, in you're Washington. You're both talking, and so I can't big. understand either one of you. The, the, okay? Go that ahead. So fake to, to be calling these people African American. They are not that. They are black or Negro. That's as simple as that for me. I mean, if if, if we want to dispute that uh, whole situation, how about the fact that in present-day Africa today, there are Asians and whites living there. Suppose they come to this country and live over a period of time and become naturalized citizens of the country. What would we call them there? Would well, we, we would not call like them a- animals. Thank you for the call, Ralph. Okay, Ralph, I think you need to redirect that energy towards the um, the the politicians in Washington that like to steal people's money but, uh, and lots and lots and lots of it. But <laughs> Ralph loves the politicians that steal people's money. He just wants them to yeah, steal. Yeah, stealing well is wrong others. in oh. general, right? Like, so stealing yeah. is wrong. It doesn't matter if you're stealing, you know, a pair of shoes or whatever stealing is wrong but if you're going to get angry get angry at the people stealing from millions not the person stealing to like feed their own families and that's and all i'm gonna say i honestly believe that if ralph could phrase his opinions differently we would have a very different impression of him yeah yes. so honestly I've agreed with a lot of his arguments, and this goes back to the Obama years. He kind of reminds me goes, of Chris Cantwell in a way. <laughs> just just for, got like what that. can I do to I think it, a lot of it is like 
more like fear-based and conditioning than it is like blatant racism. It's just them. I think it's a lot of disgust. Uh, I think he's just very upset and I don't always agree with what the root causes of those are. And I don't think Mm -hmm. Ralph believes that simply race is what it is, but it's to me, I, I look at a lot of the things about the animals and these people that are doing all these things. I look at that and go, okay, war on drugs. This is what you get when you try to um, steer people in certain directions, modify the behavior, and make it very difficult for people to make a living in what should be a legal area. Well, uh, that correct. And you take a bunch of people that are, you know, like nonviolent drug offenders, and you stick them while they're teens in prisons with violent people, and sure. those end up being their the people they spend birthdays and holidays and all these other things with and people we seek uh, attachments, you know? So when they're seeking attachment from these violent people and they start identifying with these violent people and then they get put up, put back on the street, we're breeding more violent people. Well, so and I it, mean, and the war on drugs that. does this. It's not just that, but when you get out, you wind up every time you fill out a job application where it says, have you ever been arrested for a misdemeanor or a felony? You're then forced to mark, right. yes, don't and get the job. Then mm-hmm. you wind up not getting the job, and so, so what do I do you're for forced money? to wind up going to right. you know find work in the black market, which is yeah. what landed you in the thing in the first place. And then you get arrested again, and the prosecutor says, "Look at how long his rap sheet is. Right. He's been arrested for possession and possession and distribution and possession and distribution. We need to put him away for forever." Mm-hmm. And none of those are things that have a victim. The laws are designed assuming that people are perfect and nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. Uh, The law is uh, designed, particularly the war on drugs, is designed to believe that everyone is a criminal. By default, we're all criminals until we've demonstrated that we're not. That's the problem. It's it's the the authorities, the police, the politicians against everyone else on in the country. Yeah. That's a war on drugs. But it's I'm a saying, war on people. Yeah, and there's a lot of people with this mindset, though, that like everybody that's addicted to drugs or that's ever done drugs is like this bad person. And it's like... Right, and you know, there are some people that are addicted to drugs. Those people have a medical problem. You don't treat medical problems yeah. with prison. What if some legislative body tomorrow said diabetes is now illegal? Or it's not illegal to be it. diabetic. It's illegal to possess <laughs> insulin. Exactly. It's illegal to use insulin. Right. It's illegal to use, uh, you know, any sort of substance that winds up having, you know, huge health benefits. That's now illegal. So anybody that has arthritis that uses aspirin on a daily basis to control the pain, you're now a criminal. We're sending you to jail, and we're keeping you from having the substance that you need. Yeah, and that's that example makes all the sense of the prohibition uh, and the war on drugs. It's just insanity. Let's change gears here and get to the article that we've been teasing since the beginning of <laughs> when the we show. Come back. <laughs> when we come back here on Free Talk Live, and that is what Ashton Kutcher has been doing specifically as it relates to human trafficking. Note, he's not trafficking humans He's helping the people that have been trafficked. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. 
The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. In studio, it's Daryl, Chris, and Heather. And Heather, we've been teasing this all night. Let's jump into this article about Ashton Kutcher and the human trafficking. Okay, we're doing this right now? We are doing this right now okay so this article comes from nbc news there's been several written about it though but i thought this one kind of summed it up quite well and it's titled actor ashton kutcher is trying to end modern day slavery actor ashton kutcher who co-founded international the anti-human trafficking organization thorn gave senators several ideas Wednesday to end the trade in humans, including adaptable technology and steps to protect vulnerable refugees. So basically what he's done is he's curbing um, human trafficking and child exploitation on the Internet using software that... uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Uh, going a little more detail. Yeah. Does it go into detail about what he's doing here? It does. Um, So he actually testified in front of the U.S. Senate, though, seeking uh, more funding for his organization at Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing. Kutcher pressed the importance of using good technology to battle technology that facilitates human trafficking. Uh, technology can be used to enable slavery, but technology can also be used to disable slavery, he said. Several law enforcement agencies have used a beta version of Thorn software to prioritize their caseloads and cut down investigation time, Kutcher said. Many agencies are severely understaffed and under-resourced when it comes to human trafficking, and technology can make their jobs easier. And I, I know from testimony that I've heard in various hearings on removing criminal penalties for prostitution that the police will come in and testify. Like regardless of prostitution, though, and I really don't want to divert attention to that because this specifically is about people that are forced into it. I mean, right. these are but victims. The, the police. This is not about testify. somebody's Hold decision on. voluntarily to go sell themselves. The police testified numerous times that every prostitute that they have arrested was somebody that was forced into it. So the police are saying that every woman that's a prostitute is a victim of trafficking. That is not true. I mean, you have women right. that, that get married for money and sleep with their husband. That might as well be prostitution. Right. And I, I know that the police are lying on this, but okay. what I'm saying is that when they start saying, you know, like, we're delving deeper into trafficking, is that they're going to divert away from the actual trafficking. Trafficking. No, this is diverted. This conversation is diverting away from the trafficking. 
Um, one of the Please organization's continue. programs, Spotlight, shortens investigations from three years to three weeks, Kutcher said. The technology we're building is efficient, nimble, enduring, and it only gets smarter with time. The committee was especially interested in hearing how Thorne's technology could unmask traffickers who use the web to protect their anon- anonymity. Did I say that right? Anonymity. 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 I knew it didn't sound right. It's all right. It's taking the internet, which is largely anonymous, and making it far less anonymous. I have. You have a thought, Chris? Yeah, I do. This, this, that one sentence just just sort of picked at me. I mean, what does that mean? And I'm trying to find more information on the program Spotlight. So, so any tool, no matter for what good purpose, that's provided to law enforcement that quote allows the internet to become less anonymous i can imagine that tool being used for means that are for less liberty and yes. and that one just scares me i'm not saying this is a bad thing and i'm certainly not saying that human trafficking is not a heinous crime right but this is this could be one of those cases where with all the best intentions we we support something that really could be turned against us in other ways. Yeah, uh, to where you know we've already seen things where government agents have found vulnerabilities in the onion router to right. find people that are doing things that have no victim. Right, and and even even if you go back to all the NSA stuff and all the you know amazing programs, those things were all originally created and funded to stop. Terrorist well, acts. there's, you know, there's only so much that these can programs re- can do without probable cause of something, you know, and it, it kind of goes into a little more detail. Please continue. Um, I mean, Kutcher also pressed the importance of fostering public and private partnerships, saying many companies want to do the right thing and have already offered not only funds, but also pro bono services to combat traffic- traffickers who are continuously changing their modus operandi. Private companies bring different resources to the table, so it's vital to take advantage of every resource. Uh, Kutcher also recommended addressing the pipelines to trafficking, taking a deeper look at the foster care system, which he said was a breeding ground for abuse, as well as increasing mental health services. Here, which here. that, yeah, that yeah, definitely needs to take, you know, and I like how he says take a look. Like, he doesn't have the answers for everything, but he's still trying to do the right thing by shedding light on issues. Right. And Chris, do you remember uh, where in Pennsylvania the judge wound up being convicted for basically selling children through the CPS? Uh, It was up uh, near Wilkes-Barre or or Scranton. It was up in that area, but it was just a very heinous case. It was the worst possible corruption in the system, and it was right at the top. It was horrendous. Go ahead. Um, so committee mem- member Ben Cardin of Maryland called human trafficking a scourge on humanity, which he said is why he was particularly concerned about President Donald Trump's executive order to limit immigration. Could they have be beco- could they have come in under that ban? Asked about victims of trafficking from Syria and Burma. When we say we are going to protect these victims, we must look for every possible way to accomplish this goal. It was a sentiment echoed by Kutcher and Human Rights First, an advocacy group that testified alongside him. When people are left out and not supported and not given the love they need to grow, it becomes an incubator for trafficking. Said adding refugees are the most vulnerable to traffickers, which I'd 
agree with that statement. I think you guys would too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alyssa Massimino, president of Human Rights First, told the committee that the only people who benefit from displacement are malicious traffickers, she said. Traffickers are drawn like sharks to those in distress. Kutcher ended by asking the committee for continued partnership and support. The right to pursue happiness for so many is stripped away. It's raped, it's abused, and it's taken by force or coercion and sold for the momentary happiness of another. He said, I'm here to defend the right to pursue happiness. Well, all in all, uh, it sounds good. Like I said, I have my reservations when tech meets law enforcement. I'm sorry, that's just, it's ingrained into me. Since the well, first Snowden release, you, you kind actually, of are a well, tech I, guy as well. I, I thought am, this way, article way before then. I think what I was thinking was about to come up was from another one I read because I read several different articles on this, and the other one had said that what this does is this actually finds victims. Like the, what the software does is it finds ways to contact victims, right? And then through cooperation with those victims, it ends up somehow. Leading them to the traffickers. Yeah, or in some way provides them an anonymous way to let law enforcement know where they're at or who mm-hmm. they are. Or There's all sorts of possibilities. Um, but it, it was just that one sentence saying, we're peeling back the anonymity of the internet. That one just always always bothers well, me. Well, it's kind of like you can be, like, it's it's not necessarily, I don't, like, it's what people put on the internet. You know what I mean? Like once you put something on the internet, like it's on the internet, like you want anonymity, don't put anything on there. You can, they don't have any right to read what you read, but what you put on there is there for everybody to do with what they will. So if somebody's uploading child porn or pornography and people are being trafficked, that's free game as far as I'm concerned when it comes oh, to too. law enforcement. Me too. But- so if their software can pick details, you know, like colors of curtains and room dimensions right, and all this right, stuff, right, right, and it right. starts filtering out locations and, you know what I mean? Like, we'll continue. This is some good stuff. Yeah, and I... I- I think Chris's concern is what happens when they use this for something outside of the scope of what it was developed for. This is Free Talk Live. There's more. 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. If you're going to do any online shopping, start your shopping experience at shop.freetalklive.com. We've got links to Amazon's. There's the Amazon US, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada. Just click on the Amazon that is right for you. There's also links over to Newegg and several other affiliates. And what happens is you don't wind up spending more money when you start your shopping experience at shop.freetalklive.com. You just wind up helping Free Talk Live because then the various outlets send us a little bit of the money that they would have otherwise kept for themselves. That's shop.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Skype where we've got David calling in. David, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? No, I gave you a call when I heard you say uh, human trafficking, and I wanted to make sure that uh, when, when we're talking about human trafficking, most people are just thinking about about uh, what uh, Kutcher is uh, talk is talking about sex related stuff, right. but uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, you did mention the Judge Shivarella 
Conahan uh, case. Can you yep. hear me? Okay. Yep. Yep. And yeah, clear. kids for cat, kids for cash. Shiverell and Conahan, uh, or Conahan, were uh, uh, convicted and sentenced to like 28 years in prison and 26 years in prison, respectively, basically, for trafficking. Um, well, human trafficking. We all know what a human is, right? And we pretty much all know what trafficking is. It's basically buying and selling stuff yes. that's illegal to do. And in in the case of those two judges, they were sentencing. Um, I just read the number was like 2,400 and some expungements were made from the record when they were investigated that found that they that they had uh, wrongfully sentenced 2,400 and some individual juveniles. And they would they would do things like um, uh, some kid who was caught trespassing on a piece of property, um, sentence him to go to juvenile prison, private prison that was owned by some dudes that were given a money to send kids there right. so that they could fill the beds and get cash payments. And another, another kid, um, he got sent, he, you know, football player, jock type got caught smoking pot was, was sent there for months and months. And when he got into the system, then it, it, he, he, his life turned bad. He ended up killing himself in the end because he'd screwed up what was a perfectly clean life, um, into one that had a criminal record and, and no future for him. And, and, and so let me expand one more step broadly. The uh, Conahan and Chivarella, um, and there were some other individuals in that same court involved in equally uh, uh, wrong stuff, they are proof positive that judges and your legal, your, your more broad, broadly speaking, the legal system, but judges in the juvenile legal system have been proven to be uh, doing illegal things to children for, you know, whatever motivation. In this case, it was money Financial. so that nobody can mm-hmm. ever argue that judges in children's and family courts are not um, trafficking or politicians. In children. I mean, this right. There's so many people that are in government right now, these powerful people that are guilty of this, but they get away with it because they have power. I mean, the one thing I said to them when we were off the air for a minute was that it's ironic that he's testifying in front of the U.S. Senate when there's probably some of the very people involved in the trafficking that are like listening for their own self-interest you know what i mean wanting to know how like am i going to get caught here i mean there's been judges there's been police officers that have been convicted of this stuff there's just you know like evil wears many costumes and we didn't even have to go all pizzagate well hopefully yeah hopefully it will hit close to home and maybe those people will uh reconsider things that they may or may not be involved in let me go this this one more step more broad so chivarella selling children to prison um that's really no different than when you go into your your average custody case in a children's court or a family court and you and you have two sides fighting each other and uh the system is using them as tools to to make money the 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 husband or the um uh, father and the mother, they're they're in it for themselves and for their children. What they're not aware of is that um, the the system is actually using them simply to get money to change hands so that everybody can profit and have a job. And and so often they'll take very simple things that could be resolved very easily and make them never resolve or take years and years to resolve so that money can continue to change hands over 
over that entire period of time. And that is also human trafficking because the, 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 the children are being moved to the father or the mother or whatever based on monies that get paid to this attorney, that attorney, this court fee, that court fee, this therapist, that therapist, and so on. Do, do you see what I'm no, saying? No, that makes sense. Yeah, no, so it's we, human we trafficking without like the sexual assault yeah. Adi- yeah, part of it. This, it's exploiting yeah, them. Yeah, human trafficking is one thing. Human sex trafficking is another thing. In yes. in the phrase human trafficking, the the word sex does not appear. So it does not necessitate being part of the crime in order for it to qualify to be human trafficking. And I wanted to make sure that people um, when they hear the phrase human trafficking, that they don't think that sex has to be involved. It right. can be as simple as the corrupt court system and the lawyers involved and therapists involved. All these supposedly people that went to school to help other people, what they're really doing is helping themselves to your bank account. Right. Well, that's why Ashton had mentioned in there, um, you know, taking a critical look at the foster care system, because when you have the trafficking in general, that opens the gates for the sexual assault. When you start exploiting it, them for those reasons, it's it's the exactly. potential is there. If you right. want to bring in the if you want to bring in the foster care system, now enter Hillary Clinton. Look back, however many a uh, couple decades back or whatever it was when she was uh, trying to. You have to look this up on your own. I can't cite it from memory, but it had to do with. Um, uh, expanding foster care in America, getting monies to 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 pay for people's master's degrees so that they could become social workers yes. to help traffic more more children away from. Typically speaking, these these were non-white children and, and non-white mothers or poor white mothers, and they and they would use the fact that the mothers you typically would get hooked on some drug or something. Then they would declare them an unfit mother, take their children, put their children into the foster care system where the money transfers could be, could, could begin and and go on for years and years. And what they did is, is they destroyed these, these children, these children went into foster care and with the idea that they would either go back to their mother or they would get adopted. They never went back to their mother. They never got adopted. They aged out of the foster care system and, and had, had destitute lives in many cases mm-hmm. it takes and, a village that's that was the whole point yeah like rather Government. than invest the money though right and giving parenting classes and educating parents or getting rehabilitation for parents that suffer with you know drug addiction you know i don't like how the system keeps plucking people away without trying to help them to be right. even well, more brash one would say that and they're <laughs> let, let me uh, raise a new generation of democrats i'll just throw <laughs> that out there um, because that, sometimes part, that comes into it. That that's part of it, and yeah, I remember that the if, if you search under Title Four, it was Title Four of some part of the Social Security Act to get to to, to secure this funding. So if you search Hillary Clinton Title Four foster adoption, then then uh, all that stuff will come up, and you can you can read it for yourself and not depend on uh, you know what I'm saying. But it but it end up it it failed, and I would say it was probably designed to fail because it wasn't designed to help the kids and the mothers in the first place. It was designed to to get funding in other words as a as a uh, uh, to farm the taxpayers the taxpayers exist and we we're we're going to 
enact legislation that's going to order that this be done, foster care adoption, so on, and that therefore the taxpayers can be can be forced to supply these funds to go in to do this training and to pay these foster homes and so on, all under all under this pretense, and and the results is what what we just discussed. Oh, also you may notice being in the radio industry, you may have heard PSAs, public service announcements, uh, adopt these kids, adopt us kids, adopt us kids, foster care, foster care. Yep. Any of that sound familiar? That's mm-hmm. still the what's left over of these children that they're still trying to find foster and adoptive homes for as a result of what Hillary Clinton started 25 years ago or whatever it was. That This is the last of those children that are still left in the system that got ripped away from their mothers. I read somewhere, though, that when some investigation into Haiti and child trafficking was in there, that like the Clinton Foundation pulled out of there. Any of that ring a bell? I Um, have not heard of that. It doesn't surprise me. David, thank you for the call. We're out of time for tonight, but we'll be back tomorrow as we are all seven nights of the week, and we are always online at freetalklive.com. If you want to talk about this further, call back tomorrow, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. This is Free Talk Live. You've probably heard the libertarian author Tom Mullen interviewed or talked about on Free Talk Live. Well, Tom wrote a song called You Were Right, Mr. Spock.
God and not just smile and say I told you so But will we ever listen, will your logic have its day Or will we stay on self-destruct no matter what you say You were right, this is fine, it's a fact we better face Cause we're ever gonna find a way to save this human race When it seems like every hope is sinking like a stone Remember that no matter what, you're really not alone You were right, Mr. Spock 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 That was You Were Right, Mr. Spock, by libertarian author and singer-songwriter Tom Mullen. To get it on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and more, go to SkepticSongs.com. If you want to read Tom's articles and free excerpts of his books, go to TomMullen.net.